Hey, readers and writers. Welcome to episode 112 of Read and Write, where we're going to talk about... Our July wrap-up. In case we haven't met before, I'm Deb. And I'm Jocelyn, and this is our podcast about what we're reading... What we're writing. And everything in between. And in this case, it literally means everything. Yes. Yeah, for the wrap-ups. Yeah. We, really we have kinda... no topic other than yeah. what the hell's been going on in our lives. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so how have you been? I published my book! Yay! <laughs> the crowd goes wild! Well, I kind of did it... I actually feel a little bit like a cheater saying that I published my book because I didn't like get an agent, get options from a publishing house. I decided to go the Kindle Vela aspect, which is mm-hmm. going like old time serial. Yeah. So like an episode comes out once a week. That's really cool. I love the the serial model. It comes in and out of favor, you know throughout mm-hmm. time but it's so always so interesting to me to like remember that's that that model is how we consumed a lot of yeah, novels it's very like, classic like yeah victorian serials yeah it's like kind of the original way people used to read novels mm-hmm. was like just serialized in publications the penny dreadfuls mm-hmm. yeah and i think dickens uh published that yeah. way quite a lot i, I think he yeah. did too yeah I remember thinking, I recently read um, Mysteries of Udolpho by Anne Radcliffe, which is okay. like a, a not classic goth. Yeah, she's a classic gothic author. Um, she wrote... She like a modern the, class classic goth no. author? Or literally she's a like classic goth Classic. She published in the 1700s. Okay. Uh, she's you mean like, that literally. Yeah. She's like the godmother <laughs> of gothic horror. Like, she, she is the person who basically, like made romance fiction in like the old school definition of romance not like oh i'm so in love with you but like grandiose and atmospheric like that kind of romance yeah she's the person who popularized that basically and and also kind of helped kick off gothic fiction as a genre um, but I recently read Mysteries of Udolpho, which is kind of heralded as her her big crowning achievement. And I had read others of hers in the past. Um, and Mysteries of Udolpho is so long and so sprawling and so fractured that I was like, this must have been published in serial. Like that mm, it was popular yes. at the time. That's just like how it sh- had to have been done. But no, it wasn't. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, it was all published in one trunk. And it makes me wonder if the popularization or just like the just serialization of stories, if it was so popular at the time that it actually affected form for all writers so they would maybe people wrote like they were writing for a serialized publication format but they you know so things Uh would kind of be more episodes yeah but then they didn't necessarily get published that way i don't i don't know if that's the case that's just like a thought that i had through all of this because it was just so strange hmm is it possible that it actually also was originally released as a serial but there's like no historical record of it I mean, maybe, but I'm pretty sure there would have been a historical record of it. It was okay. a very popular novel. Uh, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just thinking, hey, it's old. So maybe records yeah. got lost. I don't know. Yeah, not for Anne Radcliffe. She's like <laughs> a blockbuster writer for the time. But I mean, anything is possible, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was just, yeah, maybe that was the style. I don't 
I'm not familiar with the the time period nor say yes there are other examples of this so I don't I couldn't I can't I know do anything but hypothesize I do actually read a lot in that um area like that time frame and that genre like I read a lot of classic gothic fiction and it kind of is that style I mean some to further extents than others so I don't know, maybe I'll look into it. Maybe this is an idea that I should just kind of dig into because it might be kind of interesting. It would be a nice Google afternoon. Yeah, like just the concept of what the popular publishing formats were at the time having any kind of effect on artistic style and form for artists. That's kind of a cool idea to me to think about. Yeah, I, I, I could see someone like you like publishing it. Like this little like essay, like just you wrote, like, could, acad- like academic essay publishing. Yeah. Yeah. I could probably, you know, if I carved out a little time, which I don't have, unfortunately, but it would be a perfect <laughs> thing to do for like an academic journal submission. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So no one steal it. It's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> and this podcast is proof. So if you take it, I'm going to yell at you. Yeah, I suppose there is a date stamp on our recording. Yes, yes. (laughs) This is the beginning of my scholarly conversation concerning this topic. Well, going back to my the roots is it's also going back to my roots as in it reminds me a lot of uh, going back to this the serial topic. uh, It reminds me a lot of fan fiction. Mm, yeah. uh, that's how mm-hmm. a lot of the popular fan fictions are released and I know it's, it's kind of trivial like you you release like a chapter at a time and you have reviews and likes and whatnot but it does feel like oh this is how I started and now I'm doing something very similar to it yeah yeah well maybe you know in your subconscious you feel very comfortable that yeah. way too like you didn't seem too nervous to dive into this format like you were excited to do it, I would imagine. So yeah, maybe I that was helped. It like I said, it does feel a little bit like like cheating because I didn't go the whole traditional route. But at the same time, like I kept like, is this like I kept asking my husband like, is this okay? Am I doing this right? <laughs> I know. But like, I did feel very comfortable, just kind of like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Let's try this. Yeah. But then yeah, I was like, and- oh my god, what did I did? Did I do something wrong? <laughs> Yeah, the, it definitely um, is something to put thought into about self-publishing. But in the literary world that I exist in, which is the horror world, there is a lot of self-publishing and there's a lot of indie press and it is not, um, it's not unusual at all. And it, it doesn't, like we have all learned, at least in that community that it has no reflection on the quality of writing and it can actually be way more lucrative so people have done all kinds of combinations of publishing like one author can do all of them like multiple authors in the horror community have gone the traditional route they've gone with indie presses and they've self-published i think um oh shoot adam neville the guy who wrote he wrote The Ritual. Sorry, I have to type and check this just to make sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Neville, he wrote The Ritual, which most people will recognize that because it got turned into a movie on Netflix. Um, 
but and it was pretty popular when it came out. But he kind of wrote this whole thing about how he decided to go from traditional publishing to, um, oh my god, what's the, <laughs> Deb, what's the word? self-publishing? Okay, <laughs> he wrote this whole thing about how he went from traditional publishing to self-publishing because he realized that for him specifically in his career. It was going to make him more money. It was going to give him more flexibility. And um, it was just the route that was going to be better for him. And he does make a lot of money doing the self-publishing well, route. Good for him. It is. Yeah. I mean, it works really well for him. Um, <clears throat> obviously, different situations for different people. Um, and it does. But also from reading what he was writing about the whole process, it does kind of take a lot of work because not only are you writing your content and you're doing it a little differently with a serialized situation, uh -huh. um, but not only are you writing your own content and trying to be creative in that way, but you also have to be your own like business manager, marketer, agent, like all of that. You have to find artists for cover art. You have to line up appearances yourself. I mean, you might, you know, have an have a manager maybe that could help you, but then, you know, you pay that person and mm -hmm. it's, so it does, instead of having a team behind you that a traditional publisher would provide, you do it all yourself. And the trade-off is that you get a bigger cut of the profit, although you and do sink you get more, more control money in, over the end work. And you get more control. Yeah. yeah. So it is just interesting thinking about the different um, opportunities and options that are out there. But I'm of the opinion that they're all, it's all valid publishing. It's out there for people <laughs> to consume. It's been published. Well, that's part of the thing. Um, part of my, this wasn't part of the original decision, but like my justification afterwards was along the lines of even if I did get a publishing contract with it with a with a house then i still have to do all my own marketing i still have mm -hmm. to basically do most of all of that work i mean yes yeah. you would have to go through an agent first and they would have done the cover art for you but everything else would fall back on the author it's out yeah, of it's your own pocket doing that all way. that because they just don't do it for you they'd only yeah. do it for that like 0.5 percent that become yeah. the bestseller Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they decide which titles are going to be the safest bet for return on investment, and they throw like all their resources mm -hmm. behind it. I mean, so, it's yeah, a good, like, solid business decision, but the odds are even even those um even those bestsellers at first they are on their own until mm -hmm. the house makes that call. Yep. Yeah. So it was like a well. Do I give wait some give me a big chunk of money, or do I just try to watch it trickle <laughs> in? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This feels comfortable for a first publishing act. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, congrats. And once it's once it's completely the contract with Amazon states that once it's completely published, like once like they call it a season, like once one season is done, uh, that has to consist of at least ten episodes. Mine was way past that already. It's like thirty six <laughs> or something. Um. Then I can bundle it up and then self-publish as a book. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So That kind of reminds me of a book that we read for our book club. We were reading a book through Amazon that was published in like episodes and seasons. So maybe it was this hmm. model. Which one it was, was really it? It was really good. It was like a sci-fi thing <gasps> where like... The Wool Omnibus. Yeah. 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 Wool is really, 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 really good. I was really enjoying it. Yeah, <laughs> it is really good. 
and people if you like sci-fi if you like invasion stuff like especially like dark it was dark it was was very dark scary it was like it kind of reminded me like if the walking dead was sci-fi yes oh it had that kind of grittiness to it yes it's classic though I, i feel like a lot of people must know of it i I don't know. I hope a lot of people know about it because it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah. I didn't know about it until you suggested we read it. And now I am I think about it often. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm so glad I had an influence. So what's going on in your life? Um, same. <laughs> we just got back from vacation, um, which was kind of like a family reunion smashed up with a bachelorette party so we were up in new york visiting my mom and other family and um that was for like half of the week of the vacation and then i went to lake george to go attend a bachelorette party with like high school friends which was super fun and my husband went down to visit his family in scranton while i was up in lake george and then we kind of converged and drove home at the end of the week. I'm disappointed um, so, you didn't stop by my house to say hello. <laughs> we were not going that way, weirdly <laughs> enough. It was like, Meh. I was like, oh. Um, but uh, yeah, we I spent a lot of time in lake water, which was like very healing to my soul mm. <laughs> because I miss the lakes so much. And Lake George is just such a breathtaking place. It is so stunningly beautiful. So if folks mm-hmm. are trying to think of like a nice nature forward kind of vacation, there's also a lot of history around Lake George. So if yes. you're like a person Old or family American that Revolution, likes history, French, mm-hmm. Indian and the War. French and Indian War, yep. Um, Last the Mohicans, ever, baby. I was just going to say, if you've ever seen Last the Mohicans, when they go to the fort, that's like they actually filmed it in Lake George. You know, that is my um, favorite movie. Oh, it's yes, 100% it's my, number one for me. It's my family. It's a very important movie to my family. It's like a really big movie, like family mm-hmm. movie night movie. And yeah, we're obsessed with it. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate, though, that like this is so nerdy, but the director's cut, which is like the only cut you can buy now, like on DVD right. or Blu-ray, takes is out different. the... Yeah, yeah, they, he, you know, obviously they mm-hmm. do all weird things with different scenes, like adding them in, taking them out, and he takes out some of the best scenes, uh-huh. and I think they take out Except that Except her sacrifice. Song. Yeah, yeah. They take out the Clanid song when Daniel Day-Lewis is, like, running up the mountain, and it's, like, the whole <laughs> slow-mo thing, and she's being taken away. It's not away, the best part like, of the movie, but it, it's got to be top five. I love that song. Just, I love it. And I don't think it's in the director's cut, which is such a bummer, but it is on the Clanet album, so I can listen to it whenever mm-hmm. I want to. It is but actually on the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was end, like, like the, the, part the, of the, the actual thing. Yeah. I don't know why he took it out of that scene. Anyway, Lake George is great. So uh, <laughs> everybody should go. Um, the fort is a wonderful experience. They have a museum. So definitely check that out. Um, but otherwise I'm trying to catch back up, you know, when you come back from vacation and everything's chaotic and you're Mm -hmm. trying to get back into the groove. So work is absolutely bonkers as honestly it always is. But I feel like this summer has been way more than usual and I have some fear for the fall. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I am a little nervous. Yeah, it's going to get ramped up more. Yeah, because I've never been more busy in my life, and I work, like, at work, 
And I work at a university where we don't have anything really going on in the summer. And the summer is supposed to be like a catch-up time for us. And yet I am just going full blast. Um, and a lot of it has to do with getting ready for the students to be back on campus in person again. Right. So it's just another one of those transition times. Um, so just a lot of that, really. Um, yeah, not too much else. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, this is our July wrap-up. We're supposed to be talking about things we did in the month of July. Yeah. So what'd you do in the month of July other than be really busy and stressed out? Uh, well, would you that. read? Let's start with what I you read. read. So How's your summer been... of Crichton going? Uh, stalled, oh, unfortunately. Yes. Um, I did, though, purchase for myself a used mass market paperback copy of Congo so I can return my library copy. So okay. I've got that. Um, but the one I would like to actually read next is Sphere. So I'm hoping I'll be able to read that before it's due at the library. But I don't have high hopes because I actually have, a re have to read a lot of books for work right now. So we'll see. It's lingering on the edge. Okay. Um, so I did not, unfortunately, get any Crichton in, in July. I am bereft at this. How'd the stand me. go? I'm still just picking away at it. I've been reading it for a year and a half. So like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just picking away. I, I read like an extra 50 pages in July. So that's good because I didn't even pick it up for months. Um, but I do love it. Every time I sit down to read it, I just like, I read a lot of it because it's just so easy to read. There's just so much of it. <laughs> um, but I I did finish, and I did, I think I talked about this recently, but I did finish The Survivors by Jane Harper. And mm -hmm. um, that was that was a fun, enjoyable thriller, very uh, predictable thriller for Jane Harper. It was a good time. And I listened to that on audiobook, which is always nice because Jane Harper audiobooks have an Australian narrator because uh -huh. she's Australian. They take place in Australia. And so that's a delight to hear the accent. Um, and then I finished a slim book called Paradise Rot by Jenny Haval. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but her last name is spelled H-V-A-L. I believe she is like Swedish or Scandinavian, something like that. And uh, okay. this is the first book of hers that has been translated into English. It is really weird. It was weird. It was like... Weird how so? Well... First of all, the main character is very obsessed with pee and people peeing. Okay. Or at least she listens to people pee and then she thinks she hears people peeing all the time. <laughs> and so there's that. There's a lot of commentary on It feels on like piss. me when um, my old dog, um, who has since passed away, but at the time his bladder was giving out towards the end. Oh. So I felt like I was constantly hearing pee. Oh, God. Like yeah. I was kind of well, like on it. Yeah. Like not... <laughs> Probably not how the protagonist in your book was like, but just I'd be <laughs> one know, room maybe. away going, wait, is he peeing? <laughs> Run into the room like, no, no, I'm just hearing things. Oh, yeah. I'm not really sure why the protagonist was thinking about it so much or like making note of it so much. But basically, the book is about um, a young woman who goes to England. Um, she is actually from, again, I think it's like Sweden or, oh, uh, Norway. 
She's from Norway. Okay. She goes to England to study. She goes for university and she's studying biology. And the book is kind of like this this very ambiguous, like very beautifully written book. Uh Very flowing and kind of like beautiful imagery, big, big ideas, lots of big ideas being um, explored in this novel. And uh, there's concepts of decay, rot, wrap and wrapping wrapping that up with like the Garden of Eden and um, femininity and identity. There's a lot going on in this book that I wasn't quite like it's like, okay, my brain's not working on the, okay. on the levels and that probably be something needed. was lost in translation here and there. I maybe I don't know, but it's just that kind of book, you know, it's like that style of um, mm-hmm. wistful I know what you're talking about. ambiguity. Yeah. So I, I think people who liked Otessa Moshfeg's Eileen would like this book or like Muriel Sparks, The Driver's Seat, I think it's called. They, they would probably like this book. Um, there's some body horror in it. You know, that concept of rotting and transformation and fungus. There's a lot of mushroom okay. stuff happening. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. It was it was interesting. She's got another one that's been translated in English as well. And I think I'll give that a try. Um, They're short, so I can usually just, if I don't like it, it's not a lot of time wasted, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But then the only other thing I read in July was um, Punch Me Up to the Gods by Brian Broom, who is actually an alum of the university that I work at, which is very exciting. He went through the MFA program there. And this is a new, this is his memoir. It was just published like last month, I think. And it got a lot of attention. It did very well. It's doing very well. It's like on a lot of big lists. And it's, um, like I said, his memoir about growing up poor in Ohio and then, you know, trying to flee his like kind of abusive situation and try to like carve out a life for himself as a gay black man here in Pittsburgh but a gay black man that is struggling with internalized homophobia and racism and like not being able to accept who he is and struggling with um you know the abuse and severe poverty of his past and just the toxic masculinity and homophobia that's in um the black community and and it's just it's beautifully written. It's compulsively readable. Like it, it's very heavy. Like it's hard emotionally, but I am not having a hard time reading it. Like I'm just like blasting through this thing. Um, I, I feel conflicted. I want to say, "Ooh, that sounds really interesting. I want to read it." But I'm like, "Wait, this was somebody's life." Yeah, it is. <laughs> like tough. I feel very I mean, conflicted about this feeling I'm having. It's yeah, and it's weird for me because like I've met him. Okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh even stranger. <laughs> yeah, and um. But yeah, it's so good though. And the thing is, like, to make you feel better, he's he's a very charismatic dude, and he's got a great smile and laugh. And like, he, I th- think he's found inner peace now. You know what That's I mean? That's good. Like, I think he's happy. <laughs> I hate to he's still struggling. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, we're all struggling in in one way or another throughout mm-hmm. our lives. But I know, but I don't want to get joy. I don't want to get joy out of somebody else's struggles. That just feels no. weird to me. But at the no, same time, yeah. that does sound really interesting. It's more like uh, enlightenment and, and education, like awareness mm-hmm. is okay. what you're getting. Um, yeah, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so that's, I mean, as far as reading goes, that's pretty much all I got to this month. It was a very light reading month for me. Three books is not, that's not a lot for me. 
Mm, I'm even less than that this month. Like what I did, did so I'm even I'm even less than that this month. Like I bought way more books than I actually oh. finished. Oh my god, so did I. <laughs> I can't even like I. It's disgusting how many books I bought. Cause I bought books when I went on vacation. Like we went to a bunch of bookstores, <laughs> and then I ordered like. I don't know, 12 books by like women horror authors. Like yeah. I just, it's been, I've, I've, lo- I've lost, I've totally lost track of the, the amount of books that I've bought. And mm-hmm. I'm currently picking my way through two of them, but life, you know, just kind of gets crazy and you just kind of can't. And I think I only yeah. finished three books, two, three mm, books. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Not a lot, but yeah. So not a great reading month, a great buying <laughs> month. I mean, Yes. My winter is We're ready is great. for the future. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we are all set. <laughs> so what did you read, though? What what uh, titles did you end up picking up in July? Well, I have talked about all of them already on the podcast. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> the two I'm picking through are Alone With You in the Ether by Oliver okay. Lake and Practical Magic. Mm. Um, I'm kind of reading them on and off. Um, I really like Alone With You in the Ether. But I'm having a hard time, like, digesting it. Mm. Like, it's not, like, a heavy subject. I'm just – I haven't connected with either of the protagonists yet. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time keep reading or keeping the interest going to keep reading. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, I'm really interested by the concept and the overarching Mm -hmm. idea. But actually getting into the meat of the story, I'm having a hard time. Yeah, I understand that. And I think I already told you my my qualms with Practical Magic now is I'm reading it in a very hot summer, and it's taking yes. place in a very hot <laughs> summer, and I'm having it does. I, I, I it's I need more escapism than that. I need to I need to yeah. I need to pick up Practical Magic when it's like November, maybe. Yes, yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll read it perfect. faster when it's cold. But I'm like outside mm-hmm. watching the kids in the pool. It's like 90 degrees and I've got this book Ugh. and it's like the book is sweltering and I am physically yeah. sweltering outside. And <laughs> it's just no like, escape. I can't do this. I just have to set it aside. Like I just, I can't be in this fictional mental space of also being mm-hmm. hot when I am effing yeah. hot right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think about the atmosphere of that book often because- It's oppressive. She really, yeah. She does a great job. In a good way. It's oppressive that. in a good way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's successful, but that's also why you wouldn't want to read it right now because you're exactly. just like, I can't. It's, I gotta it's get too away summertime. from summertime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than that, the ones I finished again, I've already talked about them, but um, it was the girl who drank the moon. Mm-hmm. Completely wonderful book. Like mm-hmm. I've never read anything quite as good as that. Um, I did try the uh. Um, that novella that you, the horror novella you were suggesting, like, um, was it like, things have gotten worse since we talked? Oh, things have gotten worse since we last spoke. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't get very far in that. Yeah, it's, uh, it started it's out weird, which was fine. <laughs> but yeah. then, yeah, it, the worm got to be too much. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, that continues. That's pretty much the biggest thing. But then the end is pretty disgusting as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that book is really disturbing. So anyone who is 
like me and is looking for something to wow you because you've consumed so much horror media that you feel like you, you're desensitized. <laughs> Things have gotten worse since we last spoke. We'll certainly clear your sinuses. Give you a little something. Yeah. It's like some <laughs> wasabi for the brain. <laughs> that is a perfect way to describe <laughs> it. Yes. And the other one I finished was The Space Between Worlds. Okay. Yeah. That, that one was you, really good. Mm-hmm, I have that one. I have like all of these mm-hmm. sitting on my shelves. <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't that. an original concept. I have definitely read them before, but I mean, who has yeah. an original concept these days? I know, Nobody. It's so hard. <laughs> um except maybe things have gotten worse in the end. I don't know. That yeah, right, that, that was one, that was pretty original. Pretty pretty <laughs> impressive in terms of concept originality. Absolutely. Um, but the space between worlds, it was it was the tone. It was the character's tone. I mean, they didn't really it didn't it tried to pull out some surprises, but I don't I, I felt like I saw those surprises coming, but maybe just mm-hmm. I like that genre, so I've seen it done before. But mm. it was the tone. It was the character was the main character is just enthralling just i loved it it was it was so gritty which yeah i recently just like i would say i recently discovered but i recently realized that i like gritty stuff Ooh, fun and i I don't know why like all my trend picks are like oh i like that because it was gritty and i like this and like like the 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 work the, the my um my writing i like i like the gritty stars like i like magic but i like gritty magic and yeah. I was having um, an epiphany the other night. I'm like, whoa, I have a type. I didn't know that. <laughs> like it never dawned on me that that was something that I gravitated towards until like stared me in the face. And I was like, oh, I was thinking about watching the movie Constantine. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's really good. It, it definitely, the tone of it inspired some of, some of the short stories I've done. Um, but I was thinking... I, I can see a theme here between what I'm watching and then what I write and what I read. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know what this type is, but this is my type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's so fun when you learn that. Mm-hmm. When you, like, discover that about yourself. Right, Mine then, changes, like, every five years. So it's always fun to be like, <laughs> oh, I'm into this now. This is fun. I have a whole new world to explore. <laughs> no, but those were my uh, those are my books. And like I said, I've talked about all of them. <laughs> Have you watched anything new in July? I actually started The Witcher. Oh well, yeah. all right, here we go. I was. What'd you, what I basically you I was. It was like a Friday, Saturday night. I'm sitting next to my husband, complaining that like I didn't know what to do. It was kind of like that that classic board where there's a lot of things you should be doing. Like I got a I got a shit ton of stuff I should be doing. But then it's mm-hmm. like you just I didn't want to do anything. Nothing felt like it fit. Like it didn't, yeah. nothing felt mm-hmm. like it, it just it fit what I wanted. I don't know I didn't know what I wanted to do, but nothing was fitting. So he's like, yeah. Well, just just try The Witcher. Cause I was commenting that you had even suggested that I watch it after he suggested I watch it, and a couple of other people <laughs> suggested I watch it. Cause it'd be right up my alley. And I was thinking mm-hmm. about, hey, maybe I should try the audiobook of the Witcher books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was like, just give it a shot. Try one episode. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I know what the story is. I read it or I played sure. it in the games. And right. then I was like, uh, he's, I don't like the way he's dressed. That's not real leather. I was like, I was nitpicking. <laughs> I was totally nitpicking it apart. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I just kind of fell into the story. And I haven't uh-huh. finished it, but I have definitely watched like 
four or five episodes. Yeah. So yeah, it does like seduce middling you. thumbs kind of up. I don't really want to give it a thumbs up because like ugh, I don't like doing that, but I'm being grouchy <laughs> about it basically is what's, is what's yeah, going on. You are. <laughs> That's okay, I don't want to like it, even though I think I might like it. <laughs> I'm probably going to watch the first season again for like, God, I don't know, the fourth time, the fifth time. I can't oh, remember wow. how many times I've watched. I watch it a lot. It's a comfort season I'm really thing annoyed me, that so. he doesn't have two swords. Does he have two swords later in the season? Oh, I can't remember. I'm really annoyed about the fact that he doesn't have two swords. He, he should have a regular sword and a silver sword. That's very- he might get it. Game canon. I don't know. It's game canon. You had a special sword for- evil baddies and then just a sword for humans i don't know just yeah you needed silver sword to kill the monsters and it annoys the shit out of me it doesn't have two i don't remember if he acquires the sword later in the first season or not i like honestly don't remember i'm Um, sorry just that was one of the things i was really harping on it's like where is his other sword (laughs) well you know for people like me who've never watched the game Mm. and have only read the one short story collection in the series so far it uh, doesn't bother me because <laughs> I don't know it's supposed to be there. Um, but it might come up in season two because the trailer for season two just hit and it seems like it might be, I don't know, like there might be more evil forces for him to encounter. Okay. I don't know, season one is a little of him like meandering around. It's that basically that first short story collection. He's like right. meandering around with different episodic adventures that kind of close out at the end of the episode. And I was talking to my husband about how much I hated the bard in the books. Mm, I hate the bard in the books. And he's like, but the internet loves the bard in the show. Yeah. And I was like, but he, I hated reading him in the book. Have you gotten to him yet in the show? I have, yes. Okay. Did, is he different than in the books? I don't know. I think I'm biased. I think my, my view mm. is colored to how much I, I disliked have... that character. And now he's here doing he he i did find the one he said something that was really funny about um here i am just throwing in exposition yeah i thought that was super yeah. funny um yeah but i do kind of see that's where his character in the show is just kind of giving you the backstory and the land and stuff like the lore but in the in in the book he had like an epic poem he was reciting slash singing it went on for like i swear like 15 pages I was just like, like oh my god! I always skip shit like that in books. I know, like I just don't care. (laughs) It's just (laughs) like nope. My my, I'm biased right now, so I I don't know if I like the guy or not. Mm. I do admit that one line was super funny. Yeah, I absolutely loved him. And the thing that I loved the most is that throughout, and it's a bit of a slow burn, but throughout the first season, their relationship becomes very sweet oh yeah and they become like really attached to each other and i that is the best part they're like you know friendship okay okay well i have vowed to at least finish the season yeah cool and if you don't like it then like you gave it everything you could (laughs) you know and that's fine (laughs) right i really like the games and i have a hard time anything living up to the beauty of the games i can understand that and we were talking about um, how much of a whore he is. Oh, yeah. Like, even, like, I was explaining to my husband, like, in the first Witcher game, you actually, like, collected, like, cards. Like, the card would pop up on the screen of the women you had to sleep with. Oh, hell yeah. 
Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I was coming at that from an angle like, what the hell? (laughs) It's weird. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I know. And I'm like, just... She was a Miller's daughter. I don't. I, I don't know. It was just like oh, just ah. Uh. It's pretty unnecessary, but yeah, he's like so hot that I don't <laughs> care. So I'm fine with it. That was I'm something right. else. I was complaining. Not not that, but his the lighting they shot him in. I think um, what's his face? Uh, the actor. Um, I think he's too too much of has a yellow base into his skin. Of what yeah, my probably. mental picture of what the Witcher should be, which is very pale, but on a cool level, like mm-hmm. a lot of under pink undertones. And I think he had a lot of yellow undertones. And for some, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I just, I was totally nitpicking this, but I was like, this is not what my <laughs> mental image was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, the thing about adaptations is that I know, they're, they're never perfect. Thing. Yeah. They just exist on their own terms. And, uh, and that's just how it I is. Know. We basically hashed mm-hmm. this entire thing out about books, we came, movies, and stuff. But yeah, this yeah. is a real life example of, I don't know, the burn of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of like adaptations, mm-hmm. the only thing that I really like watched in July that, um, that delighted me. I don't even remember anything else that I watched in July. I think I just watched like nonsense. Like my <laughs> husband and I watched like the Austin Powers movies because like our brains are just fried. Right. So we're like, whatever. Oh, oh, wait, I did just remember another one, but I'll say that after this first one. But Netflix put out a trilogy of Fear Street movies, which are based on the Fear Street books by R.L. Stein, I yeah. think, yeah, the R. same R. guy Stein. who did Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And they, I loved them. They were a delight. They did one every Friday for three weeks. Yeah. And so it became like a little ritual for me in July where I would go and get my Ben and Jerry's pint. And then I would like <laughs> clear the, it, it was every Friday. So I'd like clear my Friday evening and just be like, well, here we are. I get to watch my Fear Street. <laughs> and I'd eat my ice cream and watch my Fear Street movie. And they're just like fun teen horror movie kind of deal you know mm-hmm. but um it felt more like a mini series because each movie is actually connected it's all the same story right um so that was really cool and i really enjoyed it and i think they'll be kind of in like my comfort movie rotation now I'll okay just probably lean on them because i just it really helped. Like, I was so tired. It just really helped to look forward to Fear Street on mm. Friday. Like, a new Fear Street. Um, so that was nice. But then um, Netflix also put out the second season of I Think You Should Leave, which is absurdist comedy. Um, Tim Robbins. I think it's Robin Or is it Robinson? Hold on. Let me double check. I was like... I think it's Robbins. Up. It's Robbins, yeah. Um, he used to write for, like, SNL and very funny dude. And he, like, I think it was, like, last year, put out the first season of I Think You Should Leave. And they're just very short episodes. They're, like, I don't know, 15 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And there's not very many of them in a season. There's, like, six or something. And they're just absolute nonsense. Like, it's absurdist comedy. And... It, like, takes a second. I mean, it's definitely not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I If people watch this and they don't like it, that is fine. Like, I love it. My husband and I love it. But 
it, I don't care if other people don't like it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't care if other people don't like anything. Like, that's your business. But, um, but it just, for folks who haven't, like, encountered it yet, just know it's really not for everybody. And a lot of the time, like, the first watch, you're just kind of like, huh? And then it sinks into your brain, like, after a day. And you're like, oh, that was actually pretty funny. And then you, like, watch it again. And it, it kind of starts mm. to click a little bit I'm pretty more. sure my husband watches this. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I feel like... Um, men around our age really like it <laughs> but it's not that kind of like raunchy it's not like raunchy humor it's just Obs- nonsense yeah yeah like there's one of this one of the sketches in the new season is about a like all access show where it's like a reality show where camera crews go to funerals just to tape the funeral like to record the funeral just uh-huh. in case uh body falls out of the coffin (laughs) and it's called coffin flop and there's just a bunch of footage of bodies breaking through the bottom of a coffin when they like pick on the coffin (laughs) and they fall out in the most hilarious ways and some of them are naked and you don't know why and it's like it's very very nonsense um so that was that was also kind of nice to have that new season come out it was um a nice like salve for my brain allowed me to laugh I don't think I had anything like that this month. I feel like we watched the most depressing shit. Like, oh, we finished Mayor of Easttown. Oh yes, yeah, I went through that. It's it's just Broadchurch. Like, yeah, I know everybody we did. loves. We it. had just finished. Like, we hadn't watched it. Yeah. And something it's just we had just finished Broadchurch, and we went into yeah. that. I just, <laughs> I feel like we just. I didn't feel like anything happy happened in my media. Like, I just was no. like, everything oh, yeah. was just so depressing. Like, I was like, do we have to watch this? It's like, we have yeah. to finish it. I know, but. <laughs> I know, it's got to be tidy. Oh. <laughs> I on. liked Mayor of Easttown. Like, it, I mean, Kate Winslet, she's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I thought she did a great job. All of the acting was really good. Um, I know, it's just, it was just story, depressing. It was really depressing. It was really, really was well done. Good. Like, yeah, being from very well done. sort of that area, like, yes, I identify with all those houses and all the furniture inside those houses. Spot on. Yep. Great job. Definitely. But it's just, it was just depressing as hell. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It really is. And, like, as I was watching it, I was like, okay, I know what's going to happen here. I, I know this is just going to be like Broadchurch I can feel it and there were uh-huh. Broadchurch had an adaptation in the U.S. that my mom and I watched together oh, really? that yeah God, I can't remember the name of it how can you um, watch that without a Doctor Who what's his face David Tennant yeah I, I can't I <laughs> couldn't had watch other that very good actors um I know but God, David Tennant come on hold on that's something else we finished I think early July was um David Tennant's shorts, pandemic shorts with a what's his face? Oh, I can't think of anybody's name tonight. Oh my god, Michael Sheen. Yes, Michael Sheen. Yes. thank you for saying. I it. have a coworker who's obsessed with that. We went through a little bit of a Michael David Tennant theme, and then we got to Mayor of Easttown. So here's the thing about the U.S. adaptation of Broadchurch. Yeah, it also stars David Tennant. What? No way. Yeah. Does he do like an American yeah. accent? Yep. It's called Whoa. Grace Point, and it stars David Tennant. Oh my god, and I gotta Anna write Gunn. this down. Yeah, Anna Gunn, who played the wife in Breaking Bad, um, is the the female lead in that. So he did the, basically the same show twice. 
That's yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really good. Like, both <laughs> versions are really good. And Mayor of Easttown is really good. I just know this fucking twist, you know? Uh-huh. Like, everyone is t- like, oh my god, my mind's blown. I'm like, where were you in, let me scroll up on this IMDb page, 2014 when Grace Point came out, or even earlier when Broadchurch came out? Like, Okay, whatever. I'm just getting <laughs> salty. But like, you know, people right. act they they just get like all in a tizzy and get caught up in like the the um the hype, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, my you husband know. and I were all like, I bet Guy Pierce has something to do with this. I you know, I thought at first at when first I'm like started he it. just came to town and suddenly a girl's right? died. Yeah, I know. It was too easy Pierce to set up. Is, yeah. Guy Pierce is so good I know, at that he's a kind really of character good bad too. Guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, so good at, like, navigating those twisty worlds because he's Uh also so charming and handsome. And, like, he can just do all of it. Yeah, I was totally ready for it to be him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were. We were totally betting on that. And then, like, the tides turn, like, oh, I bet you it's the brother. I don't know. We were Mm kind of led along, but it wasn't surprising. It was just the only thing that was surprising was that shot in the head. Yes. Yes. That was surprising. I did not yes. see that coming. But just, it was really well done. The whole show, just really well done. Yeah, it was just. It was. It just killed, just, I don't know. There wasn't anything happy about it. <laughs> no. I watched that while I built my um, built-in bookshelves okay. in mm-hmm. my living room. And that was like an emotionally draining experience because I could not get the project to like cooperate. Like things just <laughs> kept going wrong. And I have Mayor of Easttown playing in the background. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> Everything is bad. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else we watched. I, I don't know. The summer is kind of like we kind of go on autopilot a little bit. Like mm-hmm. there, it feels like there isn't anything really interesting out, like movie, TV wise, too much. So we kind of fall back on the weird summer shows, like a we really like Holy Moly. The really um, mm. dumb mini golf one, and my husband okay. loves America's <laughs> Got Talent, and mm, I like okay. I like the craft one with Amy Poehler and uh, what's oh, his face. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We just kind of fall back on those lazy summer shows of where you course. don't have to think about it. So I don't feel like July was a big good consumption month. I don't know. No, it really wasn't. Except I for mean, the girl who drank the moon. That was amazing. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, quality-wise, I think it was a good consumption month for me, but it just wasn't as much as I usually consume, Mm -hmm. which is fine, because I was doing other stuff, so, (laughs) you know, consuming life, you know what I mean? (laughs) You were were dealing with a backyard. (laughs) Yeah, constantly dealing with the backyard. That's my job this weekend, is to get back there and deal with it again. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> the other thing, though, that I've really been just enjoying this month, um, which is a total throwback and kind of comes out of nowhere, but it's Carly Rae Jepsen's 2015 album Emotion, which has Whoa. I really, 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 really like you on it, like that one. Mm-hmm. I love this album. The past. Oh, yeah. I love it from top to bottom. It is just full of happy, peppy songs that you can just have a nice time listening to or like it's a good album for me to go running to and it just kept me in good spirits you know Mm -hmm. it kept me from just being grouchy all the time i have that i've got 
I, I don't know how this is going to come across to other people, but my happy music right now is who I'm currently calling the Frank Sinatra of Indian music. Oh, that's fun. Wow, I can't remember his name right now. Oh my God, this is the day. I can't remember anybody's name. Um, <laughs> well, it happens sometimes. I'll put in the show notes, but it's just, it's yeah. got that like 60s canny, like mm. just, it sounds like they're singing to a tin can. Like Frank mm-hmm. is, Frank, I listen to Frank in the fall almost exclusively. And Interesting. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, like I didn't necessarily grow up listening to Frank. Just I find him very soothing and I like him in yeah. the, in the autumn. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, there's something like cozy yeah. about his voice and the, the aura that he right. puts out when he sings. I can, I can and wear jeans imagery. and a sweater and listen to Frank yeah. while making an apple pie. I mean, exactly. Yeah. That's a great Charming, fall cozy. afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. But anyways, right now, my happy music is my Frank Indian guy. Man. That's really intriguing. <laughs> I feel terrible because I I I, know, I can't remember names normally, but tonight I'm extra like, man, what's his face? You know, the guy with the hair and the shirt. And then that dude. Yeah, exactly. And he talked to this guy. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. me tonight. Eh. But yeah, that that's my happy music right now is I, I found this like old classic Indian music. I'm like, that's it. Who was that guy? And I tracked him down. I basically make an Amazon playlist of him so I could just yeah. listen to it whenever I want to. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's great. It gets me through bad afternoons where everything's yeah. stressful. I can just put it on while yeah. I'm making dinner and I feel a little bit better. I don't feel yeah. a lot better, but I feel a little bit better. It's just gets your head relaxed. You're just mm. soothed. A little of the pressure is let off. Mm-hmm. And speaking of pressure, can I complain a bit about kids? Yeah, what of course. What is it about every kid in the universe who doesn't want to pick up their room? Oh, well, I'm, I'm still in, that kid. Well, I my kids have just gotten into the stage like I swear like the last 3 months has suddenly been not picking up. I don't know. It's just interesting. <clears throat> like I wonder why that happens. I don't I don't know. If I I feel like the older one instigated it and the younger one's kind of copying his sister mm, a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. But that independent stage, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw a line in the sand and see how far I can push it. I know that might, that's what's happening. That might be it. Yeah, but holy crap! Yeah, it is a struggle. <laughs> it is a super struggle trying to get them just to clean their damn rooms. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where most of my stress in the evening, where I need to listen to my happy Indian music, comes right. From, yeah, is that I've just been Especially... fighting with the kids for like two hours. Right, because I feel like I don't know about how it works in your house, but um. Usually, well, in my house and other people I know, like bedtime was also like, well, now we also talk about how messy your room is time yeah. where it's like you're putting them to bed and you're like, you guys have to clean this tomorrow. Uh-huh. Like, this is this is too much. Right. And so like, it's and then, like fresh then the whole day is kind of like just a fight. The whole like yeah. the whole next day is like, did you clean your room? You told me you do it after breakfast. No, I'm going to do it mm-hmm. after quiet time. Okay, but you have to do it after quiet time. And they just keep pushing the line. That's probably my fault also as a parent of not just hardlining it and saying, no, it has to be done now, which I do sometimes, yeah. but. Uh. It doesn't always work. And it like can sometimes just be more stressful. I remember my parents would try to pull that on me and I would just basically burn the house down. So yeah, that that's I, how what my, what my five-year-old's basically doing now. Just tantrums. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yeah. 
Yeah. <sighs> I feel like the typical parent, but man, I can't wait for school to start right now. <laughs> Get them out. <laughs> I just, after t- like a year and a half, two years of this now, I just, I need a breather. I don't, yeah. I don't even need I, a break. Yeah. I just need a breather. I need what I'm going to get, I need like three hours in the morning, Monday through Friday. I just, I really need it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can, I can feel that. I mean, all of my friends and coworkers who have kids, it has just been such a uniquely difficult time. Mm -hmm. And I just see it wearing on everybody so badly. And it's just got to be released. Like the pressure has to be released. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that will, we'll get that, you know, hopefully we'll get that. Hopefully. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's talk about something better, nicer, funner, funnier. Yay! I don't know what that topic is, though. I don't have anything left to add. Oh, God. <laughs> We're so my, bags my full items. of joy tonight. I know. <laughs> I honestly can't even think of I'm sorry, my brain is like truly kind of... Because I, I today was it, it kind of it kind of day. it fits with the whole July wrap up because July was like a dead brain month for me. I was I was it, really yeah. really busy, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like just just like right now we're going on vacation next week. So do you know how many social media posts I have pre planned for both myself <laughs> for the for the book marketing and for the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I've got like 24 Ugh. pre-posted. Like I've had Ugh. to just, I don't know. I feel yep. like that sums up my life right now. I'm like busy, 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 busy. But at the end of the day, I'm like, Jesus, what did I do? I know. No, I know exactly the feeling like, oh, because right before I went on vacation, like talking about that social media thing, I had to do that for the library uh-huh. that I work at. Like it's, I do all the social media right. for so my library. Right, so you have to pre-post everything. Yeah, and and the university archives like i post i like schedule for both right. departments and i just had to load it all up and you know then you just like rush around getting ready for vacation and then you sit down and you're like i didn't even get anything done it feels like like what did i even uh-huh. do because you're just doing future work and right. then you didn't you haven't packed yet you haven't organized mm-hmm. you've been like oh, and plus God. it's almost like it's digital work so it almost feels insubstantial right. somehow i know yeah. that doesn't negate yes i did work but at the like at the end of the day, I'm like, Jesus, the dishes aren't done yet. I mean, it's just... Right. Nothing tangible. Right. I did a lot of work, <laughs> but it was all on the damn computer. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. still need I mean, to that's... do laundry. And I need to pack. And damn, I need to empty the yeah. dishwasher and fill it back up again and run it. Yep. <sighs> that was July <laughs> That's always for my me. struggle. <laughs> yeah. That's always my struggle. Because like all I do at work is like work on the computer, especially right now, because I don't have any physical book displays or physical events or anything uh-huh. like that. It's just all on the computer. And then by the time I get home, I don't really have a lot of time to do the physical stuff that has to happen. So I never get that like real true satisfaction mm-hmm. of like a of job a clean well kitchen done. counter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know like, why, but that, that's, that's my me. standard is having oh, yeah. like all like we have three counters. Like mm-hmm. we have the main counter, the part of the island, and then the upper part of the bar. And that's my mm-hmm. standard. They all have to be clean. That's when I can go Yeah. <gasps> but that hasn't happened yeah. in a really no. long time. <laughs> nope. There's always some crap on it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, and also, it's, it's like July bad. is that month for us where we see everything and do everything. Mm-hmm. It kind of kicks off with the 4th of July. Like for the 4th of July yeah. this year, 
We went to three different fireworks shows. Wow. Yeah. So that was like keeping the kids up to 11 o'clock three different nights. <laughs> and yeah. they were like back to back. So at the end, oh my, my husband and I are just like, oh, I feel like Everyone's sleep schedule is wrecked. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then like oh. the next weekend you have to go see your in-laws. And the next weekend after mm-hmm. that, you're going to go see your sister-in-law. I don't, that's what mm-hmm. happened to me. But it just it's like yeah. <laughs> nonstop. Something happened every yes. weekend. And as an introvert... Yes. That does not make me happy. No. <laughs> I don't yeah. get any recharge time. Yes. I, I identify with this so strongly because that's me all the time. Like, I don't really get weekends where I'm not doing much. I think I have one coming up in August, but that will be the first weekend that I don't have, like, I don't have to travel or I don't have a social engagement or, like, some responsibility that is, like, pretty big um, for months. And I am going to protect that weekend like it's my firstborn <laughs> child because I hey, do you want to go get drinks? No, time. I'm going to stay yeah, exactly. here in my pajamas. Nope. <laughs> yep, leave me be. I'm getting takeout. Yeah. I'm not leaving my. Yeah, we'll see. That's the thing. I'm I think watch Fear Street. Again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. The pandemic turned my introvertedness into hermitness, and I was perfectly mm. happy with it. And yes. now I have to go do shit and talk to people and actually get oh, in the car. I if I have to it. put on jeans, yeah, I, I know I was just I talking it. about my comfort jeans and Frank Sinatra and sweater, but still, it's just like, I, I had to. But that's for you. Yeah, you know, that, that's, that, for, that's you. for me. But it's like, yeah. I have to go do things. I have to take my kid to mm-hmm. school and see her teacher. I don't want to interact <laughs> with people. I'm totally happy sitting in my house and waving at the Instacart through four w- windows. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was too. I was like, this ain't half bad. <laughs> I don't mind this at all. <laughs> so I think it's a little bit of like reculture shock. In addition uh-huh. to just being the, the most panic ridden, just thing after thing after thing, July. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm not going to go as far as say that July sucked, but no, I just, but it was hard. It was. I didn't, there wasn't any yeah. downtime there. Mm hmm. Except that I know there's downtime in the evenings, like after the kids go to bed, but that doesn't feel like downtime. No. You're just, you're trying to recover. Yeah. Like, my brain is just fried at that point. I mean, there actually isn't yeah. any, there isn't any recovery other than going to sleep, but then the day starts all right. over again. It's like a double-edged sword yeah. there. Yeah. You need the rest, mm-hmm. but then the craziness starts again. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like the cycle completes. Like, it feels like it gets... You start the rest period, but then there's not enough time allowed. So you just get like, you're right back up to like mm-hmm. the activity yep. and the stress portion. And it just never like fully. And it's just a little completes. bit worse for you because you have to get up at six. I get up at 530. Oh my God. You get up at 530. <laughs> so it's just that little bit, wit, bit worse. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Every, it, that early in the morning, like every 15 minutes really makes difference yes it does <laughs> and you're just like uh and not every i mean our schedule is going to be changing next week actually um so i won't be getting up early as often like but i might actually try to still get up as early because i know it's probably better for my routine um but yeah things are like shifting and everything's just changing so much that's part of why everything is exhausting is change uh but yeah, Ugh, sleep. What is it? I don't know. It's when my brain turns off and nothing happens. Yeah. Except really weird dreams. I don't know. Do you find yeah. when you're just more stressed out, your dreams get weirder? 
yeah, they're real, real strange. Either I have incredibly weird dreams or um, no dreams at all that I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like conked out and then I'm up. Mm-hmm. I haven't even had like my recurring like cool dreams I'm writing down. I haven't even had those. Right. I haven't. In your dreamscape. Yeah. I haven't even had those. I just had just batshit crazy dreams. Yeah. I can't remember any of them now, which is probably good because you don't want to hear other people talk about their dreams on a podcast. That's boring as hell. I had a really scary one the other night and it was like right before I had to wake up and then I had to walk around my dark house, my dark old creaky house right (laughs) after having this very scary fucked up dream and it was awful. And it's still kind of a new house a little bit to you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We haven't quite like sunk into the bones of the house, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's it's not like I know every nook and cranny in the dark quite yet. So it was bad. I hope that doesn't happen again anytime soon. I hate that. Hmm, that's an interesting thought. That's actually really, really interesting. Sinking into the house. Yeah, you know, you got to kind of, you inform the house as well. Well, no, it kind of plays with an idea that I play with in a lot of my stories, like my version of what a ghost is. Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting tie-in. Oh, cool. Good. I'm glad that I could help. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, my brain just kind of, like, gears are moving now. Um, I like the idea. I came up with this idea a long time ago. I'm sure somebody else has done it at some point. But I like the idea that time isn't linear. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. time is happening all the time. Time is happening all the time. Like, the past is happening now at the same time and the future. Like, everything's sandwiched time is together. A flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like but like my idea of a ghost isn't a dead person from the past. It's someone you're just interacting with through their reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the dimensions are thin. Exactly. I always think of it as like a yeah. membrane. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. the membrane's thin in some spots. Sometimes you can pass through or something. I don't know. That's just what but I like the idea of like falling into the house bones. That's that's a really interesting mm. picture with that. I'm sorry, just my the, the no, gears are turning. I, I always think that's how I feel when I think about new living spaces. Mm-hmm. Like when I you haven't imprinted yet space. on the house. Yeah, I have like a ritual with new living spaces that includes a very deep clean of everything, which was hard in a house because that's more space than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. But that is intentional so that I can get comfortable with literally like every little bit of the house mm-hmm. so that I feel fully aware of the house and like start this relationship with the space where I'm making it truly mine. And over the years, as that relationship develops, I think of it as like sinking into the house. Like I, the house and I are kind of where the space and I are merging. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Get more comfortable That's in it. Okay, I can see that. A very strange th- No, thought, I like the, yeah. I, I like the image it's giving me. I need to write some of this shit down. Excellent. Okay. Inspiration. On that note, let's close this stuff up. Sounds good. And I guess that's it for this week. We're tired of talking about July. (laughs) We want to move on to August. Yes. So catch us next week when we're going to talk about... Audiobooks. Until then, stay safe. Keep reading. Keep writing. And go do what you do best. I even made those social media posts. Like, I have one that's keep reading, one that's 
keep Aww. writing. And the next one's, hey, go do what you do best. It's so cheesy. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, Jocelyn. Have a good night, Deb. And that's it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate, read, and write on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, drop me a line. I'm always open to suggestions. Also, did you know that Read and Write publishes three episodes a week? Check out the podcast's YouTube channel for Write With Me Mondays live streams and 30-second book reviews on Fridays. <laughs>